1-1 Liverpool and Crystal Palace this morning at Anfield in the English Premier League. Liverpool have started the season with two draws. Palace, a loss and a draw. Now, coming up shortly, and we're going to hear a bit of his interview with Phil Gould on Nine News last night as well. Uh, Phil Gould has finally spoken after the announcement on the weekend that Cameron Serraldo will be the next coach of the Canterbury Bulldogs on a five-year deal. Gus, what's it mean for the club to get Cameron Serraldo? Oh, it's a big brick in the wall. Do you have any hesitation, Gus, about signing him for five years or is that you want that sort of security? None whatsoever. I think it's a statement about us as a club and um, the stability that we need here for the next decade. And uh, the head coach is an important part of that. You were very keen to make sure that the club was in a good position so it's attractive to a coach. Do you feel like you're now in the right path? Yeah, look, things are going really good here. I can see where uh, you know, there's some blue skies ahead. Still got a lot of work to do. We're a long way off the pace in many areas, but I'm um, extremely happy with the type of stability we've got here at the moment with the board and the management and, um, and the other staff. So, yeah, things are looking good. That audio courtesy of Nine News. Now, Denny, good morning to you, mate. Now, no wonder Gus said, well, he shouldn't go to the, to the Tigers. Should Cameron Serraldo? I wonder why. He should come to the Bulldogs. Yeah. <laughs> He's the best. That, this is Gus at his supreme uh, best at being a, a master uh, at um, you know convincing people they should come and work for him, not work for others. Uh, and you know what? He, you know, even even when I got that photo of. George Mimas at lunch with Serraldo and Craig Laundy, who's you know, obviously the son of the major sponsor, uh, and Mimas is you know, the, the manager of Serraldo, all having lunch together at a Homebush pub. He just said, oh, it's just a, it was just a case of a man walks into a pub. It was a coincidence. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> it's oh like... Uh, Muriel's wedding. It's classic Gus. And I guess he just had to do anything and everything to ensure that he got Cameron Serraldo over the line. Uh, I think it was a difficult negotiation. Um, obviously, a five-year five deal is what Serraldo wanted. I'd imagine there'd be a range of clauses in it from both sides. Um, and it was a, a clever deal for Gus because that's what he was brought to Canterbury for, to turn the club around. Um, there's been... Uh, initial steps in doing that, obviously. The, the, the roster is slowly being worked over. Um, there are some good players coming next year who he signed. Um, and obviously Trent Barrett left the club in whatever circumstance you want to put it down to. And the, there are big changes happening at Canterbury. And you get the feeling from the way they're playing on the field uh, that things are starting to smooth out a little bit off the field. The, 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 the big thing with the Bulldogs has always been their volatile board. And I think that Gus's big role at the moment is keeping that board in, in check, uh, keeping that stability there and creating uh, pathways, which he's working on, and fixing the roster, which he's working on. And he's done probably... As he said, there's a big piece now of that puzzle taken care of by signing the coach that clubs like the Dragons wanted, um, that the Tigers wanted, um, and others. Um, and maybe, you know, even the Dolphins probably saw him as their future as well when Wayne Bennett 
um, still decide. So it is a it's a massive signing for the Bulldogs, and it's um, I know Gus has got a lot of detractors out there, but he's done what he said he'd do and what he's been employed to do. Now it's just got to work. That's that's the big thing. Denny, what's different to what we saw with Trent Barrett? And the Bulldog. Why, why is, you know, I remember Gus advising Trent Barrett not to go to the Bulldogs. Now Gus is involved in the club. He goes and chases Cameron Serraldo, who's got huge raps, but as did Trent Barrett after his time at, at, at the Panthers. What, why is this, like if I'm a Dogs fan, why is this different all of a sudden? Well, Pup, as usual, you ask good questions, and obviously that time in France really. <laughs> <laughs> He'd been working on this question, Danny. <laughs> he wanted to come back strong. <laughs> on champagne. I noticed, I noticed you didn't, um, Jamie Rogers, at the shores of, of France. I waved to her. <laughs> oh, mate, that, that's. That's not team play. I was cheering her on, buddy. I was right behind her. I was on a boat on the water. Couldn't you have been there with a blanket or something? Snack? I had food for her. Right, I'm sure. Steak and salad yeah, when I she finished. I know what you're up to. I know what you're up to. Anyway, uh, anyway, welcome to the Channel 9 family too, pup. Oh, <laughs> Don't you start, Nark. <laughs> <laughs> nice to be back. <laughs> Uh, um, now listen, now back to your question. <laughs> uh, look, I think that the difference is, well, first of all, I think Trent Barrett um, didn't have a good exit from Manly yeah. before his time at the Bulldogs, so he was already under pressure. When he came to the Bulldogs, I don't think, I just don't think it worked for him because he was the sort of coach who was used to having a very efficient, high-profile team uh, at Penrith, and I don't think he was able to adapt to coaching players of maybe a lesser ability. Um, now, that's going to be Serraldo's test. He's coached at a younger level. Um, he's coached teams, I think, in the under-20s from memory. Uh, so that's going to be the challenge for him to adapt to players. Like, all of a sudden, he doesn't have uh, Dylan Edwards or Nathan Cleary, does he? He's got... Um, players who are on the way up, hopefully for him, like Kyle Flanagan or um, you know, like uh, Avarillo. That so he's got he's got to be able to adapt to that, and obviously Gus sees something in that. And the, the noticeable thing is that I think that Gus is having a big influence on the way that Canterbury are playing at the moment, and I think that he will. I think he'll continue to have an influence on the way the team plays, even when Serraldo's there. Look, since Mick Potter's been there, the dogs have turned have gone from being boring to box office in a lot of their games. You can watch them again. They were they were close to unwatchable, unfortunately, under Trent Barrett, because they couldn't understand his way of coaching. I think Cameron Serraldo is gonna probably have to get back to basics with a lot of them. Uh, and his his strength, which is interesting, is defence. Um, and I think that that's been his main area a lot of the time at Penrith, and that's right now uh, still a weak point for the Dogs. Denny, a lot of people have asked, and you mentioned Mick Potter and the turnaround from the Dogs from Trent to to Mick Potter, and they're playing some really good football. Does Mick Potter stay on in, in some capacity? And there's also been some talk around... Michael Maguire possibly going there as assistant coach. Do you know anything about this or where that's at? 
Laurie, I haven't asked Gus about um, Mick Potter's future, but he's done a terrific job for them. And he, I, I interviewed Potter um, a couple of weeks back where he was of the view he's now ready to coach first grade again. So he might not want to you know, stay on as an assistant. Uh, but it wouldn't hurt the Bulldogs to have someone like Potter around because he's a a very calming influence. Uh, he's an experienced head, and yeah, Michael Maguire. Um, again, he was spotted at um, uh, a cafe in Belmore having breakfast with Gus. But I also think Michael Maguire's been to a few clubs. I think he's um, uh, had a meeting maybe with Parramatta. I know he was down in Canberra, I think, a few weeks ago. So I don't know whether he's just doing the rounds, but someone like Madge would be a, a handy sounding board as well. It's just whether the likes of Potter and uh, Maguire can put their ego to one side mm. after having such prominent roles um, in clubs and be able to take a back seat to a young coach like Serraldo. And, and while... You know, while Gus will deny it, he's going to have an influence as well. Uh, and so he should, because uh, he's still got a very, very sharp football brain. Um, and I, I think that had Trent Barrett perhaps listened more to the way he was advi- getting some advice from Gus, he could have still been there. What's your take on the Ponga situation, buddy? Ugly. Yeah. Um, bad look. Not again, uh, not crime of the century sort of stuff. But in a club like Newcastle that are uh, have been going backwards at a rate of knots, the last thing you need is for your captain to be doing something that doesn't seem to be um, smart for the team. Does he lose the captaincy? <sighs> I, I don't know if he necessarily is, is the natural leader. Mm. For that club, mm. um, the, the problem is, is someone like um, uh, is Brayley ready? Um, is Jaden Brayley the captain now? Uh, is he someone you'd? I, I, he seems like a really solid individual. Um, he he might be an option for the Knights. Um, I I really I don't think Newcastle are getting value out of Caelan Ponga. Obviously, he's had injuries, and now he unfortunately he's got the head issue. But he he hasn't produced over his whole time there consistent football, the kind of football we see at state of origin level, unfortunately. Mm. And, you know, they paid him a, a truckload of money to, to do it. With Kalen, I, I just, I talk to people about him and I, I'm, I, I'm trying to get a handle on, on his level of passion for football. I think from everything I can gather, he plays rugby league because he's good at it. I don't know if he plays rugby league because he's got a this overwhelming, burning passion to be mm. a rugby league player. I, I think he's just brilliant. He's a brilliant sportsman. Mm. And I, do you see what I'm trying to make? Mm. Do you see the distinction there, Lozzie? Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I've always thought with Kalen, you just let him play. Like, as in, you know, as a, as a leader, there's a lot of things that go with leadership. And sometimes... If you're a leader, you, you need help yourself. But it's about what you do after the game's finished. It's about getting people together. It's about discussions with the coach. It's about how you set an example, having input into how we train, how we play, all those things that take extra time. And for me, that just confirmed what you just said, Denny, the, the fact that you know he, he plays it because he, he's good at it. 
but I think he likes to get away from it as well. Sometimes yeah. in a leadership role, you, you can't just sort of clock off after you walk off the field after 80 minutes. And, Laurie, that's a lot of, I think there's a lot of, like, I don't know what you were like as a player, whether you sat and you, you loved watching games. And I, I don't know if Kalen is that person. Um, yeah. Maybe he's just a brilliant individual. Like, like he's a brilliant player. Oh, he's a, he's he, a wonderful player. Right? Wonderful. I'm not bagging him as a player, but I just don't know whether, I don't know whether he's, from people who, who know him well and have been around and played and, you know, they they say he's he's just he plays rugby league because he's so good at it, mm. but, and, and that's yeah, good that, too. You know, that, there's nothing wrong with that. No, there, no, there's no. nothing wrong with just being turning up, playing, and and doing your best for the club, and not wanting anything to do with that extra responsibility. Because some people aren't always made out to be leaders. Mm. And, uh, and regardless, regardless of um, yeah, that, that incident the other day, look, it's it's not the end of the world sort of stuff, but it's just Newcastle didn't need it. Um, and after it comes on the back of the Clemmer stuff, it raises issues about the Knights' culture, um, which I know, I know that's a, a wishy-washy word for a lot of people, but it does raise issues about the level of commitment. Um, you look at their season they've had, oh, I think they've finished, or they're going to finish about where their roster puts them. I don't think I, I don't think they've got a great roster. Um, and, I, you know, we talk about Adam O'Brien under pressure. Well, I just don't think they've got that great a, a assembly of players. And, and they're, they're heavily invested in Ponga. And he hasn't been able to get on the field enough for them for whatever reason. And when he has been on the field, he has moments of brilliance. But if you look at James Tedesco, I just sit there and watch him play football. And I, I can't help but an absolute awe of the consistency he has, the high-level brilliance, year after year after year. He, you know, I don't think there's a there's been a, a better, more consistent club player uh, than James Tedesco over the last three years. Like he, he's unbelievable. The level of brilliance mm. he supplies. Yeah, no, uh, I'm, I'm including Nathan Cleary in that. Oh, I just think Tedesco, his high level of of excellence is unsurpassed. And that's what Newcastle need from Caelan Ponga. He needs to watch what James Tedesco is delivering for the Roosters and the effort that he puts in. And I know they're different players, but he's got to set himself that as a level that he needs to meet. Hasn't been a sadder story in footy than uh, the death of Paul Green in in a long time, you'd have to say, Denny. Oh, mate. It's awful. It's just like, you know, when it when the news started to come out, it was like, you couldn't, I actually couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. Look, I'm not saying I was uh, super close to Paul Green or um, I I knew him, I interviewed him on a number of occasions and um, I spent, what was really uh, difficult for me is I spent time with him in in 2017 at his home in, in Townsville uh, and he made a comment to me, which I'm not going to repeat, just about dealing with the pressure and what it what it was doing to him and how he had to change his ways. Um, and I reflected on that comment when I was putting together a story last week about Paul, and um, he just didn't see anything that would suggest that this was going to happen. And I mean, I remember looking around at um, when I was sitting there in his backyard with his 
kids on a trampoline. He'd just been flying his chopper. Uh, we went, you know, I went and watched him do that. And, you know, he lived in this beautiful home overlooking all of Townsville on, on, on the mountain. And I, I was like, this guy's, I didn't pay enough attention to what he said. And I, I've been sort of thinking about that a lot. And, um, you know, it just, it, I just wish that, I don't know. I, it's, it's just so hard to explain. And, you know, he, he, I was speaking to Matt Rogers and he played golf with him on the, the Friday before he, he, he took his own life. And he, um, he said he was talking about, you know, he, asked, he was asking about the Titans job and, you know, would he be the, a person for that? And he was talking about the boat he just bought, which, which gets delivered to his family this week. I, th- I think he had a, a holiday book for October to take his family away. And you, you just don't, I just, you know, it's so hard to deal with and hard to explain. I just feel so much for his wife, Amanda, and um, his beautiful kids. It's, you know, and I know I know you guys have been dealing with this uh, in a really sensitive and in a smart way and talking about people talking to each other. And I just can't emphasise that enough. Yeah, and I heard JT with you last night as well, Denny, and, you know, he must be going through a horrible time himself and, um, you know, the, the mateship that they developed through, you know, captain and, and coach, but, you know, just the ability um, to be able to talk through tough times is, is so important. I heard, I even heard your recent call. I mean, look, there are, you know, people have their struggles and um, it's the more we talk about it, I think, the better, the more we talk, the better. Just finally, Denny, I saw in your column in the Sun Herald as well, you did an interview with Ian Chappell, who's retiring from commentary uh, after yeah, uh, yeah, nearly yeah. half a century. And <laughs> he pulls no punches, Chappelle, does he, to say the least. And that's what we, we enjoyed about him, is how forthright he was. Yeah, is Puff's commentary. still there. Is he taking off another sip of champagne? No, I'll stay, <laughs> stay, stay to the end of the week. It might take a couple mate, of weeks yeah. off. Mate, he, he, what was he like to work with? Puff, he would have been... I loved him, mate. Legend of the game. I loved him. I, I think, well, his knowledge was second to none. The way he read the game, I think you saw that as a as a batsman. You saw that as a captain. And then I was fortunate enough to see it as a, as a commentator alongside him. Uh, very straight shooter. I, I think Chaps and, and, and Rod Marsh were the two older players that I spent a lot of time with um, as a young boy growing up um, through the Cricket Academy and, and things like that. And they'll both very hard on me, um, but honest and, you know, hard, but fair. I, I sort of thought the whole way through my career, I, I felt that as a player and then, you know, chaps was the same going into commentary as well. He was, he was there to seek advice and help and experience. And uh, if he felt like you said something that, was incorrect or out of line or not appropriate, then he made that very clear as well. But yeah, I think, uh, you know, Chaps was one of those guys that, that polarised because he was such a straight shooter. Um, but from my perspective, I wouldn't have wanted any other way. And I thought he was a brilliant commentator as well. Read the game as good as anyone. Well said, pup. Still the one. You still got it. Koshy's just texted me about Sunrise, yeah. so I'm going to have to have that combo as well at some stage. Are you invited to the no, Christmas no, no, party? Mate, I am the Christmas party. We're doing it at my house. Can I come? Of course. Loz, you're in. Is Carlos going to be there? You're all welcome. Carlos will definitely be there. The family, our family will be there. Do I get a start? 100. Mate, you, today's show, what else we got? 
Peter Overton's coming. <laughs> we'll all be there. <laughs> Jenny, thanks so much. Uh, thanks. See you, champion. <laughs> Got one for you, Clarkie. Talk to me. I'm just going to read from The Sun oh, over no. in the UK. Well, that's a, it's a bad start. Corey Norman faces a ban of at least eight matches for allegedly trying to stick his finger up an opponent's bum. A hopper. It goes on to say he's been given a grade F charge. Now, he plays for Toulouse, and this incident allegedly occurred during a 32-18 defeat to Warrington a few days ago. So he's been given a grade F charge by the Rugby Football League, grade the governing F body of the Super League. Doesn't sound good at all, grade F. Well, grade <laughs> F starts at an eight-match suspension. This is according to the Sun. He's open-ended. So the term- <laughs> Open-ended is probably not the right way to start this convo either. <laughs> Just reading from the article. Uh, and it is termed, so a grade F charge is termed other contrary behaviour. And there is a precedent for this uh, in the UK. Uh, Castleford's Kenny Edwards. How did he go, Kenny? He, he got a 10. What did he get? 10 games. 10, ten games. Suspension. Bum up bum. For doing the same, <laughs> the same thing yeah. to Sam uh, Cassiano. Yeah, our great mate, Josh Reynolds' mate. Let's get out of here. Uh, <laughs> this is Last not... year. Mate, give him, suspend him. I don't care how long for. Longer. Whatever he gets, it get longer. If, if he's tried to stick his finger where it shouldn't go, mm. then what's that about? <laughs> I'm just reporting. Mate, we used to get slammed for patting your mate on the bum. When you got, you got a wicket, you yeah, walk and give him a big bum slap. That's we, what you do. Mate, you we copped it for that. I know. Did you cop it for that? Oh, mate, you can't you do that. Or, oh, really? Shut up, that's, mate. That's like a cricket tradition, especially yeah. for a bum bowler. slap. Yeah. You're walking back down a fine leg. Someone comes him and on gives the bum. you a big... Good over. Well, yeah, bold. That's it. Yeah. I'd be disappointed if I didn't get one. Yeah, I'm looking for one. <laughs> Just, oh, there you go. I'm not sure the what. Was, you play? I didn't play footy yeah, at the highest level. No, what go, I can't surely explain. Surely, I can't explain. That never comes into your mind. Tretting on someone's fingers, got it. Yeah, got all that. High tackle, yeah. got it. Yeah. Now I, I, I can't. I, well, I, I don't know. Have and you I ever can't asked Hopper? You ever asked Hopper never, what he was no, thinking? Never asked Hopper. What, what was he thinking back in the heyday? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, honestly, I, how do you not look, laugh at this though? Look, like as bad as how do you not laugh? Who thinks of sticking their finger in someone's backside at any stage? Well, it's never crossed my mind. On a footy on field. A footy what field are they? What are the, <laughs> to do that. Um, I, oh, I, look, I, I can't answer it. We'll have to get Corey on. Oh, I'm not sure he'd be keen to talk about it. I wonder if he'd be keen to chat to us. Uh, you know what? I think I, I need on. to... Was it an accident? Surely well, he, might have, he mightn't have meant it. Like, Well, that's something that he's going to have... We'll find out Ooh, when it goes yeah. to the hearing and what sort of defence. Yeah, let's let's go with the hmm. innocent until proven guilty theory for have, now. Have so we don't have to talk YouTube about, about it. about it? Look, we'll come back to this Can tomorrow we a, because we're going to we're going to talk to now. We're going to talk some AFL because the oh, Swans. Great, thank God. I wonder if it happens in AFL. Oh. <laughs> I doubt it. Mm. James, morning to you. Oh dear. Morning, guys. How are we? Yeah, really well, thanks, and uh, congrats on a great win on what was a great occasion Sunday. A sold out SCG, awesome day, and a performance uh, to match as well the occasion. How has the side, James, managed to? I guess time it's run a form so well into the finals. Um, I'm not sure we've <laughs> deliberately timed it, but um, obviously you want to play 
pretty consistent footy throughout all 23 home and away games. But um, as you said, it is nice to um, play this kind of footy uh, leading into the final series. Uh, your defence held up there in that last quarter. Collingwood made a run at you guys, but they withstood it and it was a magnificent performance. Uh, yeah, there were some pretty incredible um, efforts <clears throat> throughout the start of the last and until about halfway through to just sort of um, nullify um, whatever chance the Pies thought they had. Um, like Dane Rampey's effort and Brody Majek on the goal line was um, pretty inspirational to hear the crowd sort of erupt. Um, as loud as they had all day after that was um, yeah, it was pretty special. Had you seen that before at the SCG, uh, in particular with Rampy uh, stopping that goal and making that effort? Because the ball moved forward, but yet the crowd down that end just stood and applauded. Yeah, it was incredible. No, I hadn't seen anything um, like that for, for an individual effort. Um, before it was um, pretty incredible. It was definitely as loud as it's been all day. James, great team performance. We we always talk about Buddy, but geez, you you know it just doesn't look like he's getting older or slower. He, his speed, his skill, and even his touch the other day was back to his best. Yeah, he uh, he hasn't lost any of his touch. That's for sure. He's um, he's still good for a couple of remarkable goals um, every game and. Um, yeah, it's pretty special to have him in our forward line and to play alongside him. Um, he definitely makes you stand taller. We're speaking with James Rowbottom for the Swans. And James, uh, tell us, I guess, how emotional it was for, for the players dealing with Josh Kennedy's retirement announcement as well and the impact that's had on the group. Yeah, obviously that was um, this time last week and it was a pretty um, pretty significant day um, for the club. And um, as you would have seen <clears throat> on social media and across the like news outlets. It was pretty emotional for Joey and the club to to announce it. And as you said, for the boys, it was as well. He's been a massive part of, um, I guess, this sort of resurgence, I guess, since I've got to the club. We didn't play finals for two years. And to come back and sit where we are now, he's been a massive part of that. And his leadership and um, experience is just, um, yeah, it's priceless. James, can I ask internally what the expectation was of the Swans group this year? Was it just to to make top eight? Was it top four or anything's impossible? Uh, anything's possible? Yeah, uh, yeah. I think it was more that anything's possible. We knew um, we probably uh, didn't go quite as deep as we wanted to last year. We thought we were um, playing better footy than a uh, first round exit last year. Um, so I think off the back of that, just to improve on that and fix any little tweaks that we could and we thought that could take us a bit deeper in September and um, hopefully a few of those little tweaks that we've made will take us, uh, take us that bit further. St Kilda this week, mate, what needs to change? Again, I feel like, you know, your momentum's growing, boys are ready for finals footy, but what do you need to do to get hold of this second second position? Uh, yeah, well, obviously we just need to win. It's pretty simple that that's been the um, equation for us for uh, a number of weeks to finish top four has just been to um, win games. And I think with the, if you're not winning games, then you're relying on um, other results to go your way. And that's when you, um, when it's out of your hands, it's a bit harder to control. So mm. we just um, go down to Melbourne, uh, get the job done. And that's, that's the best way to secure the four points. It's hard not to be alert to the prize, though. Finishing second, you potentially get a home preliminary final. I know it's one week at a time. I know you can't look too far ahead. But that is a massive advantage. Yeah, obviously, um, a home final and a double chance is um, 
is a massive advantage, and that's why um, and that's why you do take it a week at a time, so you so you can secure that that position and get that advantage. But um, yeah, as you said, um, it is one week at a time, and you do need to get the four points this week to secure that. James, what's the overall consensus within the AFL playing group that that week off once the home and away series is over? You have that week off before the final series. Do, do you see that as being an advantage to, to everyone? Because if you do finish or you do win that week one of the finals, then you have the following week off. So you, you only sort of play one game in three weeks, which could be a disadvantage. Yeah, I mean, theoretically it could be, but um, personally I haven't, I haven't experienced the, what the sort of break in play does um, at that end of the year. Um, a younger body might might um, require the break. Um, obviously, it's a long season and your body gets pretty sore and tired, so it might benefit you in a way, but um, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. We haven't really touched on it um, at all as a group or spoken about it. Um, but, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the consensus is amongst our group. James, how satisfying has this year been for you personally? You've missed just one game, so it's been really consistent. Yeah, it has been good. Um, yeah, one game through suspension was a bit disappointing, but um, it's been good to string some games together and play some a bit more consistent footy. Um, and coming off the like uh, what we said about earlier uh, with Joey Kennedy, like his role at the start of the year differed a little bit, um, playing a bit more on the wing and off half back to allow um, blokes like me and Chad Warner to get a bit more inside midfield minutes, which has been um, which has been really beneficial for our development. Um, so it's been good to play some. Really appreciate your time as always, James. Good luck against the Saints. No worries, guys. Thank you. And that game Sunday, it is the last game of the home and away season. Uh, the Swans are $1.36 travelling to Melbourne. St Kilda $3.20. is the line. And that'll be running uh, at a similar time. So the Carlton-Collingwood game, massive game. They reckon, they reckon 90,000 plus at the MCG. And it's $1.92 each of two. Are we going to the, the GF? For that. I don't know. Hold, Surely. hold that thought. Surely. Hold Loza. that thought. Well, I'll tell you what, get on the Swans train. Swannies v someone. They're seven into five dollars fifty. They're still on the third line of betting to win the flag. I reckon they should be just about even Lock in them second in. spot because you got Geelong at two seventy five, the Demons four fifty. But if they as I said, if they win that first week of the finals, Lock them. they host the prelim. So we we've got a prelim here in Sydney. I'm I'm getting way ahead of myself. Get get the tickets. <laughs> Love it. Get to the MCG I'm, on I'm, Grand Final just, day, I folks. GF. I want GF tickets. Watch I'm on them big time. Buddy, win another flag. He hasn't won one for the Swans, has he? No, nah, 20. Well, we'd lost two Hawthorne. Grand Finals. Yeah. Hawthorne, he had an injured. He was injured for yeah. that game. We got beat by 70 points. And then go. against the Fairy Western Bulldogs, finish. we got completely dudded by the umpires. Anyway, love our listeners. Can't read any of those text mm. messages. This is, of course, after the news we gave you that. Corey Norman's facing an eight-week suspension in the UK. A lot of text there. Yeah. Can't read one of them. Heavy. Dave Stanley, morning to you. Morning, boys. I just heard you before talking about uh, the G and the grand final. Can I come? I thought you were talking about something completely different. No, there, DS. no, I'm no, sorry. No. Okay. Uh, MCG. Yep. <laughs> I'm going. You're coming for sure. Um, no, the, the reason being, I've never been. I've, 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 yeah, I've never been to a GF either. I've never been. I've been to the MCG once. It was like a Thursday afternoon. I think there was Shield cricket on, 
but I've never ever been to the joint when it's been. <laughs> Did you fly down hey, to the shield game? Why do you no, want to go to the no. shield game? No, I didn't go. No. What do you mean, Laws? It might have been a crack. It might have been the Blues <laughs> v the Mate, Vicks, it, you know? Heyday. No, what are you what doing to Steve Wall, no, Mark Wall. He just ridiculed your career. Yeah, I know. Have a look at him. He just ridiculed oh, you. Why would you go to a shield game? What do you mean? I why didn't... would you go watch a Raiders play clubbies? Oh, man. Well, I didn't even really game. go to. No, I didn't even. I didn't even really go to the shield game, to be honest. I went. They've got like the museum and that there. It was one of the first. Times I went to Melbourne, and that just happened to be on. But I've never been to a footy match there. Obviously, you play there, um, pup. Is it your favourite? No, no. It's it's an unbelievable stadium. Boxing Day Test is as special as it gets. But no, SCG is my favourite. Yeah, SCG Lords would be my top two. Loz, did you ever get to play there? Any footy there? Uh, played an Origin game there, didn't you? No. Yeah, yeah, we did yeah, actually. Did. Yes, yes. Must have been a highlight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, an income. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. What yeah, a memory yeah. that was, Loz. Actually, Scored three. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Just, just another origin. Another origin. Won no. another series. Captain's um, 994. 94, yeah. How do you remember that? It was, no, because it came thousand. up recently when we were talking about. I should have remembered that. Because we'll, the series when they were down 1 0 and came back to win. The try Mark Coyne scored was in game one of that series. Yes. And then yeah. we had to go to Melbourne. That's exactly right. And you went to Ling Park. Yes, and then went up, went up mm. there. Just had to put that in. Yep. One there up you there. Go. Another win. Another win. Are you captain? <laughs> Tick. Thank you very much. <laughs> Cha-ching. Captain's bonus. The Thank win. you very much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he didn't just wink. Yeah, he gave you a oh, wink. please. He doesn't. He gave you, you know it, pup yeah, You know it. He loves He loves the wink and the nod. Oh, <laughs> you know, doesn't, the slow nod too in yeah, a day. Don't, doesn't, yeah, it is. It's like slow motion. It's, it's very, and it doesn't matter, pup, what it is. I reckon he does that with anything, you know. It doesn't matter if, if he's talking about right, his career. You see him when we're bragging about his multi, you know. You get the head nod there. Don't worry about that. Boys would come around and go, gee, this uh, gee, this tucker's good on you put on the barbie. Just a bit of the wink. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gee, these beers are good, Loz. Yeah, uh, good man. Hey, um, we, could have, we could back a winner today, boys. Where at? Uh, Wyong. Wyong in the last race. Give number eight. It's race eight. Mm-hmm. Number eight. Um, Just an omen bit of Insurrection. Insurrection. What? Insurrection? <laughs> That's why I wanted Mitt. Notice why oh. I didn't say the name. God, I was hoping Mitt. The last 10 go- minutes has been so confusing. Mate, <laughs> oh my God. It's that city you love, sir. You've been over oh, there in France, Get pup, your head gone. out of there, you blokes. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're going to. Uh, so, no, honestly, I've got a bit of mail for this horse. Been trialling well. Uh, two very nice trials. Inside draw, Tim Clark, who rides Wong very, very well. We might even try and chat with Michael Friedman a little bit later in the morning on Sky Sports Radio, but a um, bit of a tip going around for it by uh, Rushman Evolution. We haven't seen it since um, a win at Musselbrook, but it comes out of a race, uh, a group race there at Ramwick, and it's got ability, I'm told. Okay. There we go. Give it strength right in the kindergarten as well. Yeah. Back in the autumn here in Sydney. Okay. So that's Insurrection in the last. Uh, there's a tip going for. We're going to chat, though, with Joe Pride. He's got a really nice horse uh, in the making called Think About It, which goes around in race three today. Plus, we'll check in with Joe for his runners for the weekend. So he'll join us. Richard Callender, Will Friedman will join us, Gary Portelli, Brad Widdop, and we'll check in with Michael Maxworthy as well because these Queensland horses are going to start to come down for our carnival. Of course, Wink Stakes on the weekend, first group one of our season, and uh, we just need to try and find winners, boys. So that's what the, the name of the, uh, the game is the next couple of weeks here. Well, not the next couple of weeks. It's going to be pretty much the whole spring. We're just going to try and find winners and hopefully assist with your multi-loss. Oh, thank you, Dave. That'd be like 
outstanding yeah. if you could. I'm on a roll. I'm three in a row. <laughs> Hang on, just give us a wink. Give us all a wink. Head just down the, wink. Just a head wink. Um, and apart from that, boys, that's pretty much it. How did you go? Uh, I saw you this morning, pup, on the socials, laying on the couch with yeah, one eye cooked. peering through. Yeah, I was cooked. Two fifteen, I made it to this morning. Two. What time are you going to bed? Uh, last night about nine thirty. Yeah, nine thirty. Yeah, not great. It's he's still getting the jet lag. Yeah, or? I got a combination at the moment. I got jet lag plus a sick daughter. Oh, that's no good. Nasty combo. No so good. let me go so I can get home to her. Mate, get home. Look after. How are you, Loz? What time were you in the cot last night? Ah, uh, six thirty. Would have loved to have been six thirty. Ah, mate, I was in bed by about nine. What about yourself, Mido? Nine thirty. Nine thirty with company. Sleep no. straight away, Mido. Or mm. no, busy, busy hour. <laughs> no, just a bit of busy fine, hour no, and no. then dozed off. <laughs> I told you. You know, it's it's nine o'clock. He's in, he's in career <laughs> best form. He's in career best form, pup. See you tomorrow, team. See you, boys.